Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, I tell the story of Sharice Walker Bingham, a 51-year-old woman who was murdered on December 12, 2012, in Indianapolis, Indiana. That evening, Sharice had gone to walk her dogs as she normally did. But shortly after 6.30 p.m., she was found unresponsive in a pool of blood. Her German shepherds were still with her. When police arrived, they discovered that Charisse had been shot in the chest. The gun that was used belonged to her. As investigators began the investigation into this mysterious murder, they started to focus on a suspect who was eventually arrested. But they never stood trial for the murder. Investigators were positive they had found their killer. But 11 years later, Charisse's murder remains unsolved. What really happened to Charisse that evening? And who is responsible for her murder? This is Charisse's story. The details surrounding the murder of Charisse Walker Bingham are a real-life mystery, but for her family, it's been more than that. It's been a real-life nightmare. The events that took place that cold December night in 2012 continue to haunt those who knew and loved Charisse. But 11 years after she was shot to death with her own gun while out walking her dogs, they are still searching for answers. Charisse was born on December 23, 1960, and was raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. She was the youngest of three and the only girl. Her family called her Reese for short. During her high school years, Charisse was a popular student who played sports. Her family described her as a person who loved her family and would do anything for them. They said that she was a giving and energetic person. Quote, she had a way about her that when she walked in a room, she made people turn their heads, her aunt told True Crime Daily. At a very young age, Charisse developed a love for dogs, particularly German shepherds. Her first German shepherd, named Cruiser, would do everything with her. In the 80s, when Charisse was in her early 20s, she met a man named Eugene Bingham. They were married on December 14, 1985. The couple never had children, but for Charisse, 
her German shepherds were her children. That keen ability to connect with and train the dogs had lasted well into adulthood, and her pets were a big part of her life. Over the years, Cherise worked at several places. She had been employed by a company named RCA for eight years as a grain operator. After working there, she spent 13 years working for Navistar as a machine operator. According to friends and family of Cherise, her marriage to Eugene appeared to be normal. They lived a quiet life in Indianapolis with their dogs. But after 28 years of marriage, things between the couple had changed. Her family said that they seemed to be growing apart. 28 years is a long time, and people do change, but Charisse's family said that the couple had begun living separate lives. Quote, after they had been married for years, she would say that he had his own room downstairs, and that's where he would be, and she would be upstairs running the house, her dogs, going to work, whatever, but he would always be in that room down there. Isn't that strange? Her aunt said to True Crime Daily. In 2012, Charisse began a new job at Pepsi Company. After 13 years at Navistar, the plant she worked at closed and she began working for Pepsi in June of that year. Her marriage to Eugene, however, continued to crumple as the couple grew further and further apart. But in the months leading up to her murder, Charisse had begun to uncover disturbing truths about Eugene and her marriage. By the end of 2012, things had changed in Charisse's life. Some good, some bad. She had started a new job, but her marriage of 28 years had hit a dead end. There was also something else. Charisse had confided in her aunt that she thought that she was being followed. During a conversation she had with her niece, Charisse's aunt said that she told her that someone in a blue Chevy blazer was following her everywhere she went. She asked her aunt if she was just being paranoid, but looking back, her aunt can recall that Charisse felt like something was going on. She just wasn't sure what, and it's not clear if she ever gave her aunt more details about who she thought was following her or why. Now, not much is known about the evening of December 12, 2012, but according to reports, that evening, Charisse and Eugene had been home with her two German shepherds, Mayday and Tsunami. Eugene said that she told him that she was going out to walk the dogs, something she did every evening. Now, according to her family, there were three places that Charisse would usually go to walk her dogs, and that evening, she decided to go to White River Parkway. The parkway has a trail that is popular amongst cyclists and joggers, and it runs along a river that the parkway is named for. It was sometime around 6 p.m. when Charisse left her home to drive the less than 10 minutes it took to get to the trail. But what happened next is unknown. At around 6.30 p.m., Charisse was found lying face down in a pool of blood near the intersection of Limestone and New York Street. It's not clear who discovered her, but when she was found, her two dogs were with her, and they would not let anyone get close to her. When police arrived at the scene, they too found Charisse's dogs near her body. The dogs were aggressive as they guarded Charisse, who was unresponsive. No one could get near her until the dogs were able to be subdued, and so police had to call animal control, who used tranquilizers on the animals. 
Once the paramedics were able to get to her, they discovered that Sharice was dead. She had sustained a single gunshot wound to the chest. Near her body, police found a gun and her cell phone. The initial search of the scene had yielded those two critical pieces of evidence. But was the gun lying next to Sharice the murder weapon, or had she pulled it out in an attempt to protect herself? At the time, the police had no idea. But as they continued to process the scene at the park, they learned that the woman they had found was Sharice Bingham, and that she lived just a few miles from where she had been found. Now, that area of the trail was remote, and so there were no people around to witness what had taken place. The gun found at the scene was collected, and investigators found out that the gun they had found was, in fact, registered to Sharice. But in a surprising twist, they learned that the bullet used to kill her came from her weapon. When police first learned that Sharice's gun was used to kill her, they weighed the possibility that she had done it to herself but that theory was quickly ruled out. Next, they considered the possibility that she had been robbed, but based on how her dogs were behaving when police arrived, they doubted that someone would have been able to get close enough to Sharice to rob her. Investigators then turned to Sharice's family and friends next to try and get a better understanding of who she was and why someone would want to kill her. After speaking to several of Sharice's family and friends, they learned that she had purchased a gun for protection and that she kept it in a pouch. But when her body was found, there was no pouch around. They also learned that Sharice actually didn't carry the gun when she walked her dogs because they were all the protection she needed. No one who knew her could think of why she would have had the gun with her, especially without the pouch. I mean, taking the gun with her seemed completely out of character for Sharice, but there was a chance that she had taken it that evening for whatever reason. The day after the murder, when police spoke to Eugene about what he thought happened to his wife, he told detectives that maybe the dogs had caused the gun to go off. He suggested that maybe they jumped on Sharice and caused the weapon to discharge. When they asked him where he had been, he said that he had been home all night and that he had fell asleep, and when he woke up, his wife had not returned home yet, which made him worry. But despite how strange his explanation of what could have happened sounded, detectives said that they did explore the possibility, but there was nothing to suggest that the dogs causing the gun to discharge was even remotely possible. When the autopsy was performed on Sharice, the medical examiner determined that she had been alive for seven minutes before she succumbed to her injuries. Her cell phone was found near her, and investigators believed that she had tried to call for help. It was a brutal murder, and investigators were determined to find out what had happened to her. Sharice's gun, found near the scene, was tested for DNA, and when the results came back, it showed that Eugene, Sharice's husband's, DNA was all over the weapon. but. When they spoke to him, he had a plausible explanation. He said he would clean his wife's gun for her. Now, as her husband, it wasn't unreasonable to think that he would have handled his wife's gun before. But as the investigation into Sharice's murder continued, detectives began to explore the possibility that this murder 
was committed by someone that Sharice knew. But not only that, someone that her dogs would have been comfortable with also. They had allowed her killer to get close enough to shoot her and then leave the weapon near her body. When it comes to a married woman being murdered, the husband is usually the first suspect. And as detectives dug deeper into Sharice's life and marriage, they learned that her nearly three-decade-long marriage was headed for divorce. Detectives had learned from her family and friends that Sharice was planning to divorce her husband and that the couple had essentially been living separate lives for months before her murder. It didn't take long for Eugene's potential involvement in his wife's murder to become a focus of the investigation. But it wasn't just investigators that had become suspicious of Eugene. Sharice's family had also. Her brother Keith said that he immediately felt like Eugene's behavior was off. He said after his sister's murder, Eugene waited until the next day to reach out to him. At her funeral, they said Eugene acted unusual. Now, prior to Sharice's murder, her family had very little interactions with Eugene and had very few actual conversations with him. But at her funeral, Sharice's family said that Eugene wouldn't stop talking. Quote, he talked more than ever, and we kept looking at him because he was talking. I ain't never heard his voice until then. It was weird, her aunt said in an interview with True Crime Daily. The growing suspicion around Eugene had investigators looking for a motive. Why, after 28 years of marriage, would he murder his wife? Was it because she was planning to divorce him, or was there another possible motive? There was also a possibility that Eugene wasn't involved at all. What about the person Cherie said was following her in that blue Chevy blazer? As investigators continued to search for evidence and answers, they learned more about Eugene. And they soon discover that for the previous 14 years, Eugene had been living a double life. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, no, you're not alone. Thinning is normal, but it's not openly talked about and going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. Join the over 1 million people that are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, and so a one-size-fit-all approach to hair growth doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, such as postpartum and menopause, as well as different lifestyles, such as plant-based diets. Physician formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supplements support healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, including stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism, as they evolve throughout a woman's life. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol's women's hair growth supplement for six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time 
Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code GIRLGONE. Find out why 45,000 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and use promo code GIRLGONE. That's Nutrafol.com slash girl gone. Have you ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you were climbing Everest in flip-flops? Well, I've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. It's not about giving up. It's about switching up. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while you're breaking a bad habit. When I first got Fume, I wasn't sure, but I really, really enjoy it. It's a great way to de-stress. Plus, Fume just released a magnetic stand for your Fume, so there's no more losing it around the house. It's built with fidgeting in mind. You can spin your Fume around on it. Start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash girl and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving our listeners 10% off when they use my code girl to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash girl to save 10% off the journey pack today. On December 12th, 2012, 51-year-old Sharice Walker Bingham was found shot to death on the White River Parkway Trail in Indianapolis, Indiana. Sharice had been shot with her own gun that was found near her body. After her murder, the investigation kept leading back to one suspect. In the aftermath of Sharice's murder, Investigators had been trying to piece together what could have possibly happened to her. They had come to the conclusion that this murder had to have been committed by someone who knew her. She had been out walking her dogs, Mayday and Tsunami, who would not have allowed a stranger to get close to her. And so, because of that, detectives had been looking closer into Sharice's marriage to Eugene. Early in the investigation... DNA had revealed that Eugene's DNA had been found on the gun, but him being her husband meant that there could be a reasonable explanation for why it was there. But as detectives began to learn more about Eugene and his marriage to Charisse, the more suspicious they became of his involvement. Charisse's family and friends told detectives that she was planning to divorce her husband, And this was more than just a case of two people growing apart. Not long before her murder, Charisse had discovered a shocking secret her husband had been keeping from her. Now, it's not clear how she found out, but 
Charisse discovered that her husband had been carrying on a 14-year-long affair with an unidentified woman. Her aunt recalled when she found out, and Charisse telling her that she was sleeping with the enemy, referring to Eugene, and that she had no idea who he really was. The news was devastating to Charisse. She found out that for half of her marriage, her husband had been lying to her and cheating on her. It's a hard pill to swallow. Investigators learned that this was not just a couple that simply grew apart. There was infidelity, and that added another layer to the investigation. Charisse's family said that after she learned of her husband's affair, she sold her wedding rings to a pawn shop. It was her way of letting Eugene know that their marriage was over. After the affair was discovered by detectives, they also learned that when Charisse began working at the Pepsi company, that she had taken out three separate life insurance policies that totaled almost a million dollars, and that Eugene was the beneficiary. Now police had a potential motive. A dead woman and a husband who was the beneficiary of a nearly $1 million life insurance policy. After learning about the insurance, detectives brought Eugene back in for questioning. And when asked about his involvement in his wife's murder, Eugene denied killing her. They asked him about the affair, and he initially denied that he was having an affair. But after police continued to press him, he finally admitted that he had had an affair. But he claimed it ended four years before when his wife found out about it. In January 2013, Investigators gave Eugene two lie detector tests that he agreed to. During the tests, he was asked if he had shot his wife or if he knew who did. He answered no to both questions. But the results of the tests were that both were inconclusive and, according to court documents, close to failure. Despite his repeated denials, Eugene had become a prime suspect in his wife's murder. Detectives had the DNA on the gun, coupled with the life insurance policies, and now they have inconclusive lie detector results. They were sure that Eugene was involved, but they still needed more evidence to connect him. Two months after Sharice's murder, detectives tracked down Eugene's mistress, and she was also brought in and given a lie detector test. She was asked if she had any involvement in Sharice's murder or had participated in her murder at all, and she answered no to both questions. But according to court documents, she failed the test. However, investigators said that they had no evidence to connect her to the murder, and so she was not considered to be a suspect. After Eugene's test came back inconclusive, they turned to his cell phone records to try and find more evidence that would link him to Sharice's murder. Through those records, they learned that on December 11th and December 12th, the day before and the day of Sharice's murder, Eugene had suspiciously deleted nine calls from his phone. They also learned that on the evening of the murder, Eugene received a call on his phone which pinged to a tower near the crime scene. But 
When detectives had spoken to Eugene, he had claimed he had never left his house that night and that no one else would have had his cell phone. In the months that followed Cherise's murder, detectives spoke to Eugene several times and he continued to deny any involvement in his wife's murder. But in July 2014, 20 months after his wife's murder, Eugene Bingham was arrested and charged with killing Cherise. He was booked into the Marion County Jail where he eventually bonded out. But for Cherise's family, there was a sense of relief. They had long suspected that Eugene was involved in his wife's murder. And after nearly two years, they believed that justice would finally be served. For investigators, all signs pointed to Eugene as the killer. His motive and opportunity. And he was the only person who Charisse's dogs would have allowed close to her. The fact that she was killed with her own gun, but normally left it at home when she walked her dogs, for the detectives meant that someone had taken the gun from her house and then used it to kill her. And according to them, the only person that could have done that was Eugene. Eugene's murder trial was set to begin in September 2015, but a month before it was supposed to start, the DA announced that charges against Eugene were being dropped. The prosecutors on the case said that they did not have sufficient evidence to proceed with prosecution at that time. After the charges were dropped, Eugene was released from custody and was a free man. But despite the charges being dropped, detectives and Charisse's family were convinced that Eugene was the killer. Unfortunately for investigators, the months that they had spent trying to build the case against him ultimately was not enough. After Charisse's murder, her brother Keith tried to block Eugene from collecting the $850,000 from his sister's life insurance policy. But after the charges were dropped, Eugene was ultimately granted the money by the courts. The estate was granted $75,000, but the order barred Sharice's family from suing Eugene for wrongful death. It was another devastating blow for her family, who had already been through so much. In the years following her murder, Sharice's family continued to hold out hope that they would one day get closure. On the anniversary of her death, they began a tradition of holding vigils at the site where she was murdered. They had done all they could over the years to keep Sharice's memory alive and bring attention to her unsolved murder. But 11 years later, no one has been arrested or convicted for her murder. Although the charges against Eugene were dropped, detectives still believe that he is a suspect in this case, but they have been unable to find enough evidence to charge him again. Charisse's family and friends continue to be haunted by her brutal murder. They still hold out hope that one day they will get closure. The Indiana State Police, who took over the investigation, say that the case is still an active one, and they hope that eventually someone will come forward with the information they need to make an arrest.
The mystery of what exactly took place the night that Sharice was murdered remains. And in the years since, investigators and her family have worked hard to try to find the missing pieces. And Sharice's family will not give up until they find those pieces. If you have any information about Sharice's murder, you can contact the Indiana State Police or Central Indiana Crime Stoppers. May Sharice Walker Bingham rest in peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.